Section 12 of Sasha. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. Sasha by Alexander Kuprin. Translated by Douglas Ashby. The Murderer. They were talking over current events executions people being shot burnt alive women being violated old men and children killed gentle liberty-loving souls disfigured forever trampled into the mud by the loathsome force of violence the master of the house said it is terrible to think how the scale of life has altered was it long ago no only about five years ago when our whole russian society was distressed and shocked over any solitary instance of violence the police had beaten a chinovnik in prison some rural authority had arrested a newly arrived student for disrespect and now a crowd has been fired on without warning a man has been executed through error having been mistaken for his namesake nowadays people are shot casually out of mere idleness just to let off a round or two an intellectual young man is seized in the middle of the street and whipped with knouts whipped for no reason at all just as a gratuitous distraction for the soldiers and officers and already this sort of thing provokes no astonishment no alarm everything goes on as though nothing at all had happened someone moved nervously in the corner of the sofa everyone turned towards him feeling though they could not see him that he was going to talk and he did begin in a low exaggeratedly even tone but with so many pauses between the words and such curious shudders in his voice that he was clearly keeping back only with the greatest difficulty his inner emotion and sorrow yes that is what i want to get at in my opinion it is not true that one can become used to this i can understand murder out of revenge there is a kind of terrific wild beast pleasure in that i understand murder in anger in the blindness of passion from jealousy murder in a duel that's comprehensible but when people set about it mechanically without irritation without fear of any sort of responsibility and without anticipating even self-defense no that is for me as savage dreadful and incomprehensible as the psychology of the executioner when i read or think about pogroms about pacifying expeditions or about the way prisoners are finished off in war so as not to overload a detachment i lose my head i seem to be standing over a kind of black-feeted abyss into which the human soul is sometimes capable of falling but i understand nothing i feel dread and disgust a nausea but a strange torturing sick curiosity chains me to this dread to all the immensity of this fall he remained silent for a few seconds breathing jerkily and when he continued one could divine by his changed voice which had become suddenly deadened that he had covered his face with his hands well never mind i must tell you this on my soul too lies this old blood madness about ten years ago i committed a murder i never told anybody about it until now but never mind in one of the isbas on my estate you see 
there lived a cat such a small thin starved little thing more like a kitten than a cat meant to be white but as she always lived under the stove she had become a dirty gray a sort of pale blue it all happened in the winter yes late in the winter it was a gorgeous morning quiet and windless the sun was shining and it was already warm one simply could not look at the snow it was so glittering it was too extraordinarily thick that year and we all walked on skis and so i put my skis on and went that morning to look at an orchard that had been damaged by hares during the night i was moving quietly past the regular rows of young apple trees i can see it all at this moment the snow seemed to be pink and the shadows of the little trees lay quite still so exquisite they looked like one felt like kneeling close to them and burying one's face in the fleecy snow then i happened to meet an old workman yes he can't it wasn't his real name just a nickname he was on skis too and we went on together side by side talking about one thing or another all of a sudden he said with a laugh that little cat of yours has lost a leg master how did that happen i asked most likely she fell into the wolf trap half her legs clean gone i thought i'd have a look at her and so we went on towards the servants quarters our road was soon crossed by a very thin little track of red spots which led to a mound beside which the wounded cat was sitting as soon as she saw us she crinkled up her eyes opened her mouth pitifully and gave a long meow her little muzzle was extraordinarily thin and dirty the right foreleg was bitten clean through above the knee joint and was projecting in front curiously just like a wounded hand the blood dropped at long intervals accentuating the whiteness of the poor thin bone i said to Izzycant, go to my bedroom and bring me my rifle it is hanging over the bed but what will happen to her she will lick it up all right the workman pleaded i insisted on having my own way i wished to end the torture of the mutilated animal besides i was sure that the wound would superate and the cat would die in any case from blood poisoning Izzycant brought the rifle one barrel was loaded with small shot for woodcock and the other with buckshot i coaxed the cat calling puss 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 she mewed quietly and came a few steps towards me then i turned to the right so that she would be on my left took aim and fired i was only some six or seven paces from the animal and immediately after the shot i thought that there was a black hole in her side as large as my two fists i hadn't killed her she shrieked and ran away from me with extraordinary speed and without limping i watched her run across a stretch of about one hundred and fifty yards and then dive into a shed i felt horribly ashamed and disgusted but i followed her on the way one of my feet slipped out of the ski fastening and i fell on my side in the snow i rose with difficulty my movements had become labored snow had caught in the sleeve of my coat and my hand shook i got into the shed where it was dark i wanted to call the cat but for some reason or other i felt ashamed suddenly i heard a low angry grumbling above my head i looked up and saw just two eyes two green burning spots i fired at random into those spots almost without taking aim the cat spat shrieked threw herself about and then became still once more i wanted to go away when i heard again from the stove that long angry grumbling sound i looked round 
two green lights were shining in the dark with an expression of such devilish hatred that my hair rose and my scalp felt cold i hurried home my stock of cartridges for the rifle had run out but i had a revolver from smith and wesson and a full box of revolver cartridges i loaded the six chambers and returned to the shed even at a distance the cat's dreadful grumbling greeted me i emptied the six chambers into her went back reloaded and again fired six rounds and each time there was the same diabolical spitting scratching and tossing about on the stove the same tortured shrieks and then the two green fires and the long-drawn furious grumbling at this stage i was no longer sorry for her but on the other hand i felt no irritation a kind of stupid feeling mastered me and the cold heavy insatiable necessity of murder controlled my hands my feet my every movement but my conscience was asleep covered up as it were in a sort of dirty wrapper i felt cold inside and there was a sickening tickling sensation of faintness in my heart and stomach but i could not stop i remembered too how the sweet clear winter morning had somehow or other strangely changed and darkened the snow had become yellow the sky gray and in me myself there was a dull wooden indifference to everything to the sky to the sun even to the trees with their clean blue shadows i was returning to the shed for the third time and once more with a loaded revolver but izzy Kant came out of the shed holding by the hind legs something red torn to pieces the intestines falling out but something that was still shrieking seeing me he said almost roughly that's enough don't go i'll do it myself he tried not to look into my eyes but i caught clearly an expression of utter disgust round his mouth and i knew that this disgust was at me he went round the corner and banged the cat's head with all his might on a log and it was over the speaker paused one could hear him clearing his throat and moving on the sofa then he continued in a tone that had become still more restrained but with a touch of anguish and perplexity in his voice well then this sanguinary dream did not get out of my head the whole of that day at night i could not sleep and kept on thinking of the dirty white kitten again and again i saw myself going to the shed and hearing that suffering angry grumbling and seeing those green spots full of terror and hate and still shooting shooting into them endlessly i must confess ladies and gentlemen that this is the most sinister and repulsive impression of my whole life i'm not at all sorry for that scurvy white cat no i've shot elks and bears three years ago i shot a horse at the races besides i've been at the war deuce take it no it's not that but to the last hour i shall remember how all of a sudden from the depths of my soul a sort of dark evil but at the same time invincible unknown an awful force took possession of it blinding it overflowing from it ah oh, that miasmic fog of blood that woodening stifling indifference that quiet lust of murder again he was silent and then from a dark corner someone's low voice said yes it's true what a dreadful memory but the other interrupted with emotion no no for god's sake think of those unhappy ones who have gone to kill 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 it is my belief that for them the day has always been black as night it is my belief that they have been sick with blood but for all that they had to go on they could still sleep eat drink even talk even laugh but it was not they themselves who did these things 
but the devil who possessed them with his murky eyes and visquous skin i call them unhappy because i imagine them not as they are now but years later when they are old men never never will they forget the disgust and terror which in these days have mutilated and defiled their souls for ever and i imagine the long sleepless nights of these old men their horrible dreams all through the nights they will dream that they are going along dismal roads under a dark sky with disarmed bound people standing in an endless chain on both sides of them and that they strike these people fire on them smash their heads with the butt ends of their rifles and in these murderers there is neither anger nor sorrow nor repentance only they cannot stop for the filthy delirium of blood has taken hold of their brains and they will wake in terror trembling at the sight of their reflections in the glass they will cry out and blaspheme and they will envy those whose lives had been cut off by an avenging hand in the flower of their youth but the devil who has drunk of their souls will never leave them even in their death agony their eyes will see the blood that they have shed End of section twelve the murderer